What's happening? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Today, we're going to talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z and Blood Diamonds and Tiffany's and all these things that we do when we get a lot of money and um, we kind of start mingling and co-mingling with people who also have money. Uh, these people tend to be white people and then white people do things that white people do. Well, I am not one to... Uh, be critical, Beyonce, Jay-Z, or uh, how they make their money. But I am one to kind of chime in and give a perspective on this crazy controversy that's going on where her fans, Beyonce's fans, are furious over the fact that she is uh, marketing some diamonds that a lot of people are saying are blood diamonds. And I'm going to give you the background on some of that. Uh, we're going to talk about Beyonce, Jay-Z, how they built their wealth, and also sort of how to kind of how to kind of navigate these spaces, these capitalist spaces where you're talking about lots of money, lots of power, lots of fame, and also lots of complexity. So hit that thumbs up button right now. Take a second, hit that thumbs up button right now. Do it, do it, do it, and subscribe. And we're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? <clears throat> Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Our goal is to be intelligent and to put our people at the top of our priority list. You ain't got to be intelligent to be here. But you have to value intelligence. Uh, if you value ignorance, then you need to hit the door because we don't want to be ignorant up in here. Uh, we can have fun, but we ain't trying to be ignorant. We're trying to grow. We're not trying to recreate generational curses. So what's going on, everybody? Um, what's up on Instagram? My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. If you like black intelligence and black excellence and all that good stuff, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, we have a good, a lot of good family conversations and a lot of fun. So let's talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z and these uh, <clears throat> blood diamonds and this whole controversy with Tiffany's. <clears throat> uh, there's a lot of variables in this whole scenario, and I'm not going to break them all down, but that's what happens. You know, when you're a finance professor, you see the money, the economics everywhere, and, and you're seeing all these different things moving around. And I'm like, oh, I'm a mathematician, so it's kind of like I'm trying to figure out how to put all these variables together without it sounding crazy. So I'm going to keep it real simple and kind of break down um, what I'm seeing here uh, in terms of the controversy. So first of all, let me ask you all, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you uh, have are aware of the fact that Beyonce and Jay-Z's fans are absolutely furious over uh, this Tiffany's ad that they've been doing. Give me a yes or no if you've seen any of the imagery. Uh, they, they look very beautiful. Uh, Beyonce took, uh, they, they, they got next to this painting. Apparently some white guy made some painting that's worth a trillion dollars or something. And I think it's called the life of Pi. And this painting, uh, is so, is so fucking special that they claim that no one has even hardly even had a chance to look at the painting, let alone buy it. Uh, now again, you know, a lot of this is made up, right? It's, it's kind of like creating, uh, this impression, this branding, 
that makes you think something is, is more valuable than it is. And I'm not making fun of it, but it's kind of hilarious when I see rich people kind of engaging in psychological manipulation to convince us that something is like really valuable when it's not, you know, so you can see the picture here. Now, by the way, everybody on Instagram, if you can't see the picture, if you go to drboystv.com, that's where I'm showing the, the picture right now. I'm sharing my screen. Now, so you look at this painting, right? And, I, and I'm gonna make it big screen so you guys can really see it. So you're not distracted by my big old face. And uh, in this painting, it's it's interesting, right? It's like this. Um, it almost looks like something that, like a really, like like maybe if you took like got a twelve year old with ADHD and had him just draw a bunch of random shit on a on a piece of paper, this is what you might get, right? And and this is and Beyonce's looking all beautiful right next to it. She's got nice those nice black woman curves. My woman got some of those curves, and uh, her curves are better than Beyonce's. But you know, hey, who's counting? And uh, Jay Z's sitting there and he's admiring her, right? As a as a as any self respecting black man would be doing for his wife. You sit back and you admire her because she is admirable. She's talented. She's beautiful. Everything else. This painting is not beautiful though. If you look at it. I mean, what is this? What what is this shit? Like, if, I'm just keeping it one. I'm, I'm uh, like um, my favorite rapper now, Akila Nehanda, <clears throat> Nehanda, who's actually coming to the All Black National Convention. As she said in her last song, "We gonna keep it a buck." So I want y'all to give me like, let's keep it a buck, right quick. If your child came in and 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 gave you this, would you look at this image and say, "Oh my god, this is worth thirty million dollars"? Like, if your child, your your you know, twelve year old. 13-year-old child, maybe your autistic child or something. God, God bless you if, you if you're dealing with that, right? Came in with a picture like this. And don't, no, I'm not making fun of anybody with autism because that's, I, God forbid, I would, I would never do that. But if your child came in and said, mommy, look what I drew. And you got like random letters and colors and little squares and circles. And then words are circled. Like, would you look at that and say, oh my God, that's worth $30 million. Like, what would you say to your child? if they came in with something like that and it, like, like you wouldn't see masterpiece. Right. So, so, so here's the deal. Here's, here's my point with this, right? The reason I'm making this point is not because I'm throwing any shade on Beyonce and Jay-Z. I think that they are um, amazing people uh, in their own right. They're amazingly talented. Uh, but, but I, I want you to kind of understand that, you know, and again, maybe I'm seeing this because my area of specialization, I don't know if you guys know this. And by the way, everybody who thinks my PhD is fake, you can actually find it on the internet. I graduated from the Ohio State University and, it, and my area of expertise was actually financial psychology. Why? Well, because I've always been fascinated with how money affects your thinking and how thinking affects your money. And how even the perception of value can create value, right? The perception of wealth can create wealth. So, so this painting, if you ask me, because I'm just a jerk like that, and I just because I'm such a jerk, I just say what's on my mind. I would look at that painting, and I would say that's really ugly shit. Like that, it's just there's nothing beautiful about this painting in my view. I'm I'm not hating on the artist. I, I think the artist might even be black, and so I'm really feeling bad right now. But it doesn't do anything for me, right? Um, but the fact that Tiffany's is presenting it in a specific light gives it value, right? Like, oh, well, it's very special and it's so it's so precious that no one's allowed to even look at it. And Sotheby's tried to auction it off and they couldn't because the price was too damn high. Okay, great. Um, So Beyonce, and Beyonce makes it look better though because Beyonce is a beautiful work of art. Uh, Jay-Z is an extraordinarily good artist. So maybe they add value, right? That's really cool. So, so Beyonce and Jay-Z are doing this Tiffany's ad. 
where they're in front of this painting, this really weird looking painting, and uh, it's supposed to be worth a lot of money. And Beyonce's wearing, she got ice around her neck. Like, I got a little ice. I got a, uh, this is a lion because I have a lion spirit, and my wife has a lioness. Uh, that's how we, we match. So that's, that's our swag, right? It, and the necklace wasn't cheap, but I bet you that this necklace didn't cost as much as Beyonce's necklace, which is uh, some sort of really fancy diamond uh, that, again, they, 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 Tiffany's, <clears throat> it basically hypes it up and says this diamond's worth a trillion dollars, right? Um, well, there's a problem with the diamond, uh, and it's not just, and I'm going to pull up Beyonce's image so you can actually see her wearing this diamond. Um, the, the, the issue with the diamond that people are having a problem with is the fact that they, they're claiming that it is a blood diamond. And I'm actually going to zoom in uh, a little bit so we can actually see the diamond up close. It's hard to see. It's not, you know, it's a decent image, high res, but uh, there, there she is again wearing the uh, diamond, sitting at the piano, and Jay-Z's admiring this really funny-looking painting. Um, and if you know the artist, don't, I heard he's black, so don't, 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 don't tell him I said that. I I hope you get your money, brother. I really do. Um and, uh, and and Beyonce is wearing the, this necklace. Well, uh, I, I saw um, on Instagram when they posted it, right, when Tiffany's put up the image, a lot of people really had a problem. A lot of people were, like, really being nasty. And I was saying, gosh, I wonder why. I'm sure Beyonce and Jay-Z are used to seeing trolls online. Even me and my wife. When me when I declared love for my wife, the trolls came out the closet like crazy. It was, I think it's just like a sport. That's what people do, right? It's life. It's fine. You're used to it. But I was wondering what was really going on. And basically this diamond apparently has an interesting history that is worth exploring, but it's also something that leads me into sort of talking to you guys about just the diamond industry in general, the origins of the diamond industry. Why, uh, wh where did these certain assumptions that we have about diamonds even come from when they say diamonds are a girl's best friend? Who told you that diamonds are a girl's best friend? I thought your best friend's name was was Lakeisha. Like, how did diamonds become your best friend, right? Or when they say diamonds are forever, 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 right? All of these are marketing campaigns. Again, financial psychology. All these are marketing campaigns. And basically, this idea, or or if you see um ads where they tell you that a man's supposed to spend three months' salary on a diamond, who the hell does that? I'm just going to tell you straight up. I didn't do that. I bought my night. My, my wife got a nice little rock on her hands because I wasn't going to be cheap. But first of all, you know, she's the kind of woman that would have married me. Even if I put if I got a if I got a 25 cent ring out of a gumball machine, she would have thought that was romantic. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the ice does not really impress her. Uh, it's the love that matters because well, she's got her own money. She had that before we got married. But then the second thing is I'm not spending three months salary on a diamond and who, or two months salary, whatever the number is. Um, who told you to do that? Well, the diamond industry said, well, that's the standard, right? And if you look at the diamond commercials uh, or diamond ads on billboards, they give you this impression to the men and to the women that if he don't buy you some big, big chunky ice, he doesn't love you, right? Since when does love become connected to uh, the acquisition of material things? Now, it, it, there is a relationship to some extent, right? Uh, you know, it, it, I, I love my wife, so she can have access to my resources. Absolutely. there's that That's what comes with being married. But that's not the defining factor in our relationship. And when you allow it to be the defining factor, I think that's when you're done. Because that means when the money's gone, the love is gone, right? 
right? Like new, like uh, what was it? Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire used to say, "After the love is gone, right? After the money's gone, right?" And 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 I think that's where you kind of gone a little bit too far. So the diamond industry in general has always been an industry where, um, you know, smart people, I believe, look right past the nonsense, right? And a lot of y'all are smart. And I want to just, my job maybe as a professor is to help you get a little bit smarter and to just kind of help you understand that there's a, there's, there's an origin story behind most of the messages that you receive that lead you to consume in a specific way. Tiffany's is the best at it. They, they got the little blue box. They picked this painting, actually, uh, the painting that Beyonce is standing next to. Well, why? Well, because the color matches the, the blue box that, that Tiffany is associated with, right? So, so their number one goal is to get you to associate their brand with elegance and high value so that you'll go spend, you know, $10,000 on something that might normally be worth just 500 bucks to you or go or, or just value a, a really funny looking painting because other people think it's valuable. Most people, many people think something's valuable just because other people think it's valuable, not because they see the inherent value itself. Like if you give me food, I understand the value of food because I'm hungry, right? If you give me a house, I understand the value of a house because I need somewhere to live. But you give me um, you give me tools or, or that I can use to work on my farm, I see the value because it helps me get something done. But if you give me a painting and, and it's not even that attractive to me, like like if you if I saw it next to a homeless person on the side of the freeway, I would walk right past it well, that's where I, I someone has to tell me that there's value, right? Someone has to communicate that to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes in the chat if you follow what I'm saying. I don't want to get overly deep here, but I can't help it. I'm not going to insult your intelligence by keeping it too shallow. I, I like to do the deep dive and understand what's really going on. All right, so do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button real quick. Also, uh, my Instagram's on that page, and I will give you guys the URL. Uh, you got another, I think, the... Uh, 36 hours if you want to get a super early bird discount on the All Black National Convention. We got some really good people coming. The, the list is too long to name. The hotel is really beautiful. Uh, just go to allblacknationalconvention.com and take a look at the hotel and everything. It's going to be awesome. It's at the end of October. It's basically where you we get together. We plan the future of the black community without anybody else's involvement. No one is telling us what to say or how to say it. We are going to break it down and be as honest about everything from the pandemic politics to what's going on with hip hop, how we can stop these artists from disrespecting our community and these record labels to how we can build businesses with each other, how we can build stronger families, how we can have healthy relationships. Everything that's good and black and powerful and positive is what we represent. So feel free to uh, join us, allblacknationalconvention.com. All right, so let me uh, read a little bit about this uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Blood Diamond situation. So this is from MS, from NBC. There's an article here that's written by uh, a person whose name I don't have in front of me, Mason Poole. And, uh, and, and here's the issue with, uh, with, with, with this Tiffany Diamond. So uh, basically, if you want to talk about a blood diamond, let's, let's read this part. The United Nations defines a blood diamond or conflict diamond as a gem mined in a war zone and used by militias and warlords to finance their operations. So as you know, around the world, they like to keep black people fighting just like they do that in the United States. So y'all don't really kill each other over this, but you're fighting over things like, well, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter. You're not. Um, you know, uh, I, I took the vaccine. You didn't. Right. You, you fight over nonsense. Right. Or, or they gave that Negro the job and I didn't get the job and I wanted, you know, whatever. Right. We fight over butter biscuits and crumbs and everything else. Well, in other countries, they fight, you know, 
and kill each other. Like, like it literally leads to death. And, and they finance these wars. Every war has to have money, right? So they finance the wars by basically forcing children to go in these mines and mine these diamonds uh, so that they can keep getting weapons and that they usually buy from the Russians and the Americans. And they go in and they just slaughter each other. Like that's the agenda. That's the plan to keep you killing each other. Because if you're divided, you can never unify enough to actually have real power. Uh, so it says, meanwhile, Tiffany states on its website that the company has, quote, a zero tolerance policy toward conflict diamonds and source our diamonds only from known sources in countries that are participants in the Kimberly process. OK, um, the Kimberly process. I will talk about that in a minute. So the Tiffany diamond may not technically be a blood diamond, according to the U.N., but this is a definition that deserves to be expanded, as Washington Post opinion columnist Karen Atia noted. The older the diamond, the higher the likelihood that it has contributed in some way to the bloody and ongoing fighting over the continent's resources. They've been fighting over African African resources for a long time. Um, now, if you go up a little, I'm going up a little further in this uh, in this article to kind of talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z's uh, connection to uh, the painting and, and, and everything else. And uh, there's one part here I want to read. It says, Beyonce is the fourth woman and first black woman to wear the famous gym, which is the one around her neck unearthed by De Beers, which is, uh, that's a very wealthy white family that pretty much controls all the chunks of South Africa. Uh, when Nelson Mandela got freed from prison, that did almost nothing for the wealth level of black people in South Africa because white people gave them a little bit of freedom but kept all the money. And the De Beers family controls a big chunk of that money. I don't know what their what their worth is. I don't know how much exactly the De Beers family's worth, but it's a ton of money. So it says here, um, the so-called Tiffany Diamond was previously worn by Audrey Hepburn, Lady Gaga, and the American socialite Mary Whitehouse the first time it was paraded in public at a Tiffany ball in 1957. Tiffany & Co., which was recently acquired by the fashion conglomerate LVMH. Now, LVMH, if I'm not mistaken, owns uh, a lot of the brands that rappers promote so they can keep pursuing their mission of making white people as rich as possible. So what rappers promote when rappers are rapping about Louis and Gucci and all that, I believe LVMH is like Louis Vuitton, um, Hennessy and Moet and all this nonsense, all this shit that they uh, that they put in these rap videos and black people become the number one marketers of these products that make them relevant and powerful. One of the things that you have uh, that's very valuable among many things is uh, is the ability to set cultural norms and cultural standards like people copy off you. Uh, when when I when I met high level executives with the um, Air Jordan brand, uh, one of the which when my daughter just got a new pair of Jordans yesterday. Uh, you know, one of the things that I remember uh, hearing was that basically well, part of their strategy is that they study what the young black male in the hood is doing and what he's wearing. And because they know that whatever he's doing and whatever he's wearing, whatever he's rapping about, the whole world is going to follow. Right. Do you I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Right. So effectively. Um, they, that this, this sort of, uh, you know, you can call it cultural appropriation if you want. Uh, but I don't use language like that, honestly, because I think I'm tired of us talking about us being victimized by other people, because apparently we must be co-conspirators in our own victimization, because all we do is sing the praises of the people who are victimizing us and we don't actually fix the problem. I want to fix the problem. I don't want to sit here and just whine about it. Right. So, so here's what, um, so, so LVMH, uh, Tiffany, so Tiffany's is owned by the Louis Vuitton guy, uh, Bernard Arnault, 
who's worth over $100 billion. He probably got about a third of that money from black people, right? And, and rappers who mass market to a global audience, all of his brands, all of his stuff, all the stuff that people from the hood can never afford, and they get rich from that. So Tiffany's is under that umbrella. Now, uh, they said here, they, they hope the campaign will freshen and update Tiffany's image for a new generation of luxury consumers. But the company may have miscalculated the taste and sophistication of its target demographic. The problem is the backstory of the yellow Tiffany diamond, uh, which was found um, found in the Kimberley Diamond Mines in South Africa under British rule in 1877 as a 287.42 carat rough stone. Now, that right there is deep, right? Under British rule. How in the hell is it that you had Africa under British rule? Well, that's because they came in and slaughtered a million African people and said, we take in your shit, right? And, and this is why the Queen of England is one of the richest people on earth. She, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, uh, remember Meghan Markle and it was marrying the redhead white boy from across the ocean and everyone was like, uh, Oprah and everyone was like, oh, this is so wonderful. This is so glamorous and elegant and luxurious and I'm just so proud, right? Yeah, so we're, we're celebrating this, right? And then this romantic big ceremony this big wedding well she's she was marrying into money well where did that money come from that money came from uh about a thousand year um massacre and exploitation of black people that's slave money that's blood money that's death money that's why to this day if i'm not mistaken the queen of england is the largest landowner on the entire earth did y'all know that did y'all know that the queen of england is the largest landowner on the entire earth let me see how many acres I'm going to Google this. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button while I do this. Please hit the thumbs up button. And share this video for anybody who's stupid, who needs to be educated. Uh, or, or maybe smart people who want to be smarter. How about that? I don't want to be so negative today. How many acres of land does the Queen of England own? The Queen of England owns 6.6 billion acres of land. Most of the land falls under the Crown Estate, which essentially operates as a real estate business. According to the Independent, all the profits of the Crown Estate go to the United Kingdom's Treasury, but it should be noted that the Queen receives 15% of these profits. So the Queen of England owns 6.6 .6 billion acres of land, and I bet you every nickel in my bank account that a bunch of that land is in Africa. How in the hell does this raggedy old white lady own millions and millions of acres of land in a place where everybody looks like us? Like, seriously, I, this is what this is the history, y'all. This is all connected. This is all connected. I'm literally reading this article. Some of this stuff is off the dome, like stuff that I'm just seeing as I'm reading this. And that's what happens when you shove information in your brain throughout the years, like your subconscious mind jumps in and says, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? So I'm, so you're connecting the dots. So when you're talking about Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton, uh, the De Beers family, the, the royal family, like all this is connected, right? And, and, and so when you look at Beyonce and Jay-Z, let me pull their image up on the screen because I want you to kind of, process this with me for a minute i'm thinking i'm doing a stream of consciousness here look at that image right what does that image say to you it says royalty like we are royalty i am king jay-z because i i'm the king because i can rap really well which means that that's more important than actually doing anything else and beyonce i'm the queen right we are royalty and we are brand associating ourselves with with other forms of royalty. We are we are royalty, we are luxury, we represent everything that's elegant and beautiful in the world as we stand and look at this really expensive painting that, you know, a, a, that a 12-year-old could probably do like on a, on a on a bad day if he has to be he has to be in a bad mood to do an angry painting like that. But 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 the point is that that's kind of the idea, right? That's the psychology behind it. That's the ideology behind it. 
And so, um, so, so here's the deal. All right. So Beyonce is getting heat because th- this diamond apparently is a blood diamond. And I really think that there's more to it than just sort of saying, how dare you wear a blood diamond? You know, I don't have any issue with Beyonce and Jay-Z. I really don't. I don't, I don't dislike them. I kid you not. I actually, and I actually like a lot of what they've done to help the culture in certain ways. I had a um, long three hour conversation five years ago with Beyonce's road manager who somehow got connected with me by somebody else. Again, these people, they call me, I don't call them. I don't look for, I don't hunt down anybody that's mainstream. I don't want to be mainstream because I think that's where the problem lies. And they, they called and we talked and, uh, and we spent probably about two hours with him convincing me that Jay-Z in his music is just a reflection of what people want. It's not a reflection of who he is. And I, I just politely said to him, I said, you know, I really am tired of artists with, um, you know, $50 million in the bank telling me that I have to do this. If you got $50 million in the bank, you ain't got to do shit. Why? What is this idea of you being a slave that's got that's making $10 million a year? I don't understand that. I, you know, I understand if you're struggling, you need the money, you got to do what the boss says, whatever. Okay. But there's a point where you, you have, you, you must, you, you are forced to stop sort of using this excuse that you are a product of your environment. When the reality is that as a hip hop artist that reaches millions of people that influences the brain of children, the, your environment is a product of you. You're not being slapped around anymore. You're not being managed and controlled unless you want to be. Uh, you need to manifest that power and actually make the world into what you want it to be, right? Uh, the, uh, Nuri Muhammad, who's actually going to be at the All Black National Convention, by the way. I hope you guys want to come through because he's, he's a brilliant brother. Nuri Muhammad brought up something on a podcast that we did last week where he said that uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago, in the 1950s, the leading influences of young black boys were school church and home. Those are the three influences, school, church, and home. Now the leading influences of young black boys are their peers, the music, and social media. What they're seeing, like, so, so when they see people wilding out on Facebook or they're listening to hip-hop lyrics or what, when, what their stupid friends are doing, those are their leading influences. So I said, you know, think about this. This is interesting. Acronyms help me remember things. I said, FCH, those are the first three letters of the word scholar and PMS, right? I said, so we went from producing scholars to producing little boys that are out here PMSing, PMSing, acting like women, being bitchy as hell, can't get nothing done, complain about white people, scared, I can't breathe, hands up, don't shoot, I'm on my knees, it's so hard to be black, I can't make it, right? And and, and I think that what has to occur is that we have to sort of start analyzing this and understanding that the reason that you are victimized in this way is because you have a very, you know, to some extent, a broken, toxic, feminized culture that is that is anti-family uh you know families are broken up so therefore black children are not able to manifest their greatness in the best way possible because they're not even protected when they're young they don't even about 80 percent i'd say at least 50 percent of men of our children let's keep it 100 don't even have the basic protections of a father so so a lot of little girls get raped because of that the first man they meet that actually uh takes care of them is r kelly that they met at the playground that day and you know how that story ends and, and, but 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 again, with with the music, we're sexualizing these children. Cardi B is telling the little seven year old girl that the most valuable asset, you know, in her world is her WAP, and so she's thinking, okay, if I want to get money, I just go sell some WAP, and I'm good, right? And and then the rest kind of happens, and then they blame black men for this when really we didn't do any of this. We didn't create any of this 
climate. This was done by other people. This is a this is a product of white supremacy. So so let me keep going. Let me keep reading. Let me not get too distracted. I'm going to read a little bit more about this. So the problem uh, with Beyonce's uh, necklace is that the yellow Tiffany diamond uh, it was found in uh, the Diamond Mines of South Africa under British rule in 1877 as a 287.42 carat rough stone. It was later purchased by Charles Lewis Tiffany in 1878 for $18,000. It is estimated today to be worth $30 million. That's generational wealth, y'all. That's how generational wealth works. Some of y'all right now are buying assets for $18,000 that in 100 years are going to be worth $20, $30 million for your family. So keep acquiring assets. Assets are more important than college degrees. Real estate matters more than getting a job. Um, owning things matters more than how much money you make. It's not how much money you make, it's how much you actually take. So uh, so, so Tiffany made a gangster move back in 18, 1878. He bought this necklace for 18000 He passed it to his children and grandchildren. Now that thing is worth $30 million. Africa is the world's top producer of diamonds, an estimated an industry worth $80 billion worldwide in 2015. Out of that $80 billion, I'm sure black people get like that much of it. While a lot has been done to clean up the gemstone mining pipeline, notably the export and import controls created by the 2003 Kimberley process, Human Rights Watch noted in 2018 that, quote, the trade in diamonds still gives rise to serious human rights violations. Um, the United Nations defines a blood diamond or conflict diamond as a gem mined in a war zone used by militias and warlords to finance their operations. Meanwhile, Tiffany states on its website that it has a zero tolerance policy, blah, blah, blah. So the Tiffany diamond may not technically be a blood diamond, but uh, apparently they, they, there, there are loopholes, right, that allow people to kind of um, to kind of break into the process. So a lot of people are giving Beyonce a hard time uh, for, uh, you know, for, for wearing this diamond. I bet Beyonce didn't know. Um, I think Beyonce and Jay-Z are conscientious and intelligent enough that they're probably rectifying the issue. Uh, I think that some of the hatred and the the attacks are are kind of unwarranted. Now, I'm not so mad at Jay-Z and Beyonce, to be honest with you. But what I am sort of looking at, and I hope that we will critically assess, is just the whole scheme altogether. Right. Um, I I understand Beyonce and Jay-Z and what they do. You know, they, 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 they are this sort of black royalty thing. And what tends to happen is when you sort of get elevated in that way, it becomes a little bit like the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games was this movie where you had uh, masses of really poor people, really struggling people, where they would take a couple of people every year out of that group of struggling people and they will parade these people. They will parade them to the world as if, you know, as if as, as symbols of hope. Right. And that's where you get the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's. That's where you get the uh, British royal family. That's where you get the uh, the Obamas, the Obama. That's why the Obamas are friends with Beyonce and Jay-Z, who's probably friends with um, what John Legend and his wife, Chrissy, who's also probably friends with Kanye and Kim. Right. You get these sort of royal families that are paraded to the public in order to kind of present uh, images and symbols of hope. Uh, to the masses. Now, I, I'm not necessarily faulting them for any of that, but I think that the question becomes, uh, you know, what is all this? What What's really going on here? And if you're talking about really what that power play looks like for the Black community, I think being able to critically break down and assess how all this works goes a long way. So, for example, um, I think personally that maybe we should be a little annoyed and offended when we see rappers that are promoting these Louis Vuitton brands that are being run and controlled by people who hate black people who have nothing to give to the black community. I would like to ask the Louis Vuitton people, the Moet people everywhere, everybody else. Uh, okay. Have you gone in 
and provided, say, I don't know, $50 billion or, or $10 billion or whatever in capital to Black-owned businesses that can maybe get low-interest loans from your company in order to start businesses that develop industry in the Black community, right? I don't want to hear that you gave you know $80,000 to the local basketball team. I don't want to hear that you uh, supported a community center. That's very nice of you. But the Black community doesn't really need charity. It really needs industry from the bottom up that allows the Black community to participate in all the benefits of free industry and capitalism. So for example, um, I find it uh, interesting. I want you to really pay attention to little things like uh, why it's so easy for you to get a student loan to go get an overpriced college degree that's going to get you a $40,000 a year job, but you can't get a business loan for the same amount to go start a company that's going to actually help you develop real wealth and real value for your family and for your community. Well, there's a there's a reason for that, right? Because um, it's it's like, um, I remember there was this company one time that said, we offer 100% financing on our products. And when you looked at it and you say, well, can you get financing? Like, can you actually get money? They're like, no, but it will sell you this overpriced product. Like, we'll take something that's really worth 50 bucks. We'll sell it for 500 bucks and we'll loan you the $500 to get this product. Well, Dr. Anderson actually refers to that in Powernomics as the doctrine of unequal exchange. So what has occurred is you borrowed $500 to buy this thing that's really worth 50 bucks. So you owe them $500 in real cash. So plus interest. So they're going to get $500 in cash plus interest. You get this little thing that's really worth 50 bucks, but you think it's worth 500 bucks because somebody did a mind fuck on you to make you think it was worth more than what it actually is, right? So effectively, a lot of this stuff, a lot of what happens with luxury brands is kind of a little bit of a psychological manipulation. Like there's a reason why um, one of the uh, beginning, one of the pioneers in American consumerism that, that actually got women to go start going to the department stores and all that 100 years ago was a nephew of Sigmund Freud, the very famous psychologist who was in Germany. So they were sitting there, they were saying, how do we trick people? How do we convince people to buy, to, to overspend for stuff, to buy something that's worth this much, but pay that much? Well, the guy said, well, you know, I have this uncle in Germany who's broke <clears throat> named Sigmund, and he, he's, a, he's a really smart psychologist, and he understands the subject conscious mind. He understands how you can get people to believe something and without making them actually believe that you're actually tricking them into believing this, right? So they called Uncle Sigmund. They took some of his research. They applied it to consumer items, particularly luxury goods, so that they could figure out how to trigger you, how to get you to pay this much for something that's only worth that much, right? So when I think about that sort of process, that, that idea of getting you to overpay for things, I think about companies like Tiffany because I bet even Tiffany, the Tiffany brand and the Tiffany company doesn't believe that their products are worth what they're, they actually claim them to be worth. I bet the Louis Vuitton, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, I, there's not one single product I just named, not a Louis Vuitton, not a Moet, not a Hennessy. None of that stuff is worth what you're actually paying. You're paying more. Why do you pay more? Well, part of it is because your favorite rapper convinced you that if, I, if I'm wearing Gucci, if I'm wearing Louis, if I'm wearing Hennessy, if I got Moet in my hand, I'm somehow more valuable, more relevant. I am a power player because I got the bottle in my hand with the Gucci belt on and the, the big chain around my neck. That, that makes me a player. That makes me a man. That makes me a baller. When we know, every all of us know, all intelligent black people understand that this ain't got a goddamn thing to do with you being a man, but, but some rapper told you that it does, and that's what you end up thinking. And while you still got eight babies, mamas with little kids that are starving to death because you out at the club holding a bottle of Moet with your raggedy ass. So these are the things that I think we have to sort of connect the dots on to understand that the, 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 the failure and the struggle of black communities worldwide, the loss of black wealth on an absolutely epic scale, 
a lot of that is driven by and connected to the way we not only view ourselves, but the way we view ourselves in relation to the world, right? I look at Tiffany's, I look at uh, the De Beers family, I look at Louis, Louis Vuitton, Hennessy Moet, I see something better than myself, which says that if I want to have a come up as a black man, I got to get connected to that thing. I got, if I'm on a Tiffany's ad, guess what, mama? I made it, right? This circles back to Beyonce, Jay-Z. Think about this, right? Mama, I made it. Look at me, mama. I'm on a Tiffany's ad and I'm looking at this really ugly painting that costs millions of dollars. And I'm wearing this big blood diamond that was uh, stolen by raping and killing black people over a hundred year period or whatever, right? That's where I made it. See, that's not, that's, that's not, that ain't it. That's not it. That's not black success. I mean, it's something, but it's not because I bet if, if I go back to the Marcy projects where Jay-Z grew up, I'm not going to see a whole lot of indicators in that community that tells me that they produce one of the greatest, most impactful, most powerful black men of all time. I can't go to Marcy projects and find 50,000 black people who now have jobs and opportunities and wealth because they produce Jay-Z. I don't, I, I'm not going to find that. Right. It, it doesn't mean Jay-Z isn't doing good stuff. Doesn't mean he's not a good guy. Jay, if you see this, please don't think I'm dissing you. I am not dissing you. In fact, I give Jay-Z credit. Uh, there's an artist that's coming, actually coming to the convention named uh, uh, Victory Boyd. Uh, Victory Boyd sang for Jay-Z and he loved her so much. He signed her on the spot and he signed their entire family and he respected their family and gave them a, a really awesome deal. And they've been with Rock Nation ever since. So God forbid I ever and I'm laying this out in a way where I'm trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to do that. If I sound disrespectful, just chalk it up to the fact that I say what's on my mind and sometimes I sound like an asshole. What I'm saying to you, though, is that part of the reason that black people are not moving forward at the rate that we want to move is because you're not just missing the mark. You're aiming for the wrong mark in the first place. So that not only are you missing the mark about 90% of the time, but when you hit the mark, you've hit the wrong mark. You're putting the ball in the basket and you're putting it in the wrong basket. Jay-Z and Beyonce being on the Tiffany's ad just does absolutely nothing for true black power and progress for the black community. It is, you know, to some extent, another kind of economic symbolism that we're accustomed to admiring. Okay. So that's my two cents on the issue. I got to run. I'm late for a meeting, guys. Uh, if you want a free copy of my book, actually, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. I wrote a short book called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. It's totally free to the community. It's allblackeconomics.com. Also, if you want to take advantage of the early bird discount on the All Black National Convention, you have 36 hours to get uh, discounted tickets. I'll show you guys um, real quick, actually, images of the convention uh, in, in the space. It's a, it's a beautiful space. Uh, the hotel has nine restaurants and it's, it's, it's really, it's really a classy, classy thing. And, uh, and so th this is, um, this, so we're going to cover everything from, you know, from economic apartheid to, uh, what's going on with politics to the pandemic stuff, as well as, uh, relationship building, uh, how to start your own business, how to invest in stocks and crypto. We're bringing all of our experts and it's a really nice place, right? So, uh, again, I'm, I'm not here to sit here and say that there's something wrong with, with luxury and what Beyonce and Jay-Z enjoy. I think they have every right to enjoy that. What I am here to simply say to you is that we have to learn how to figure out what our benchmarks of success are going to be so that we know when we're hitting the mark and when we're missing it. And one of the things I can tell you for sure with complete certainty is that when you're deciding what it means to hit the mark, white people shouldn't be the ones telling you that. You need to figure that out on your own. Okay. So this is the sort of thing that we're going to gather for. 
is to talk about what does it mean for black people to hit the mark of success? What does success look like for our community? So at least we know we're aiming for the right things. All right, guys, give me a yes in the chat if you understand what I'm saying. And also give me a yes in the chat if we can confirm that I'm not doing a video hating on Beyonce and Jay-Z. I do not hate them. I do, I'm do. i not trying to be disrespectful. I just want us to really start thinking and moving forward, okay? All right, guys, thank you very much for hanging out. I appreciate it. If you want to support the platform, feel free to join the Patreon if you want. It's at intelligentblackpeople.com. God bless you guys. I'm out of here. Have a good day. See you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.